that opened up a door and when it's like, wow, you know, I can see the hope. Welcome back to the news cycle. I'm Ron Rising and today's Monday, December 18th. To those taking finals this week, Hub wishes you good luck. Today, we're going to explore a deeper topic that isn't discussed at the dining table, homelessness, especially during these cold months. Last week, I coordinated with local homeless shelter Paul's Place to take a tour of the building with Executive Director of Davis Community Meals and Housing, Tracy Favre, and permanent resident of Paul's Place, Ricardo Carr. Afterwards, we sat down to talk about what Paul's Place is to those in need of it. Later in the episode, Camille Reyes-Rojas reports on the ways people in the community give back during the holiday season. But first, let's proceed to Paul's Place. 1111 8th Street, a neighbor to the Davis Little League Fields. It looks like any other apartment building. Lights strung over the lunch tables in front, balconies on the third and fourth floor overlooking the train tracks, and warm lights bleeding through the clear front doors and windows. Hi, Julia. <laughs> All right, welcome. Let's go inside. Four floors, each with their own style. On the first floor is the resource center, a place where those seeking temporary solace can find comfort. There are three laundry machines and two bathrooms with showers, both free to use between the hours of 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. While some come in for the free food provided in the small kitchen tucked in the back, others come in to enjoy the warm building during this time of year. Let's take a trip upstairs. We run one site um, on 5th Street for 10 people. The second floor is all about getting to the next step of the housing process. Residents here stay for approximately 8 to 24 months, practicing good habits such as sobriety, adhering to a curfew, and building a community. There are 10 temporary units, a common living room and an expansive kitchen that anyone can source food from. Take another quick elevator ride to the third or fourth floor. We provide for transitional. Yes, they get a lot of the These are the floors where permanent residents reside. There are 18 units in total, each with their own kitchen, bathroom, and bed. The space is on the smaller side, but it provides everything a person needs. All the rooms are centered around a common space, a big dining table where the small community shares memories of turkey on Thanksgiving, candy on Halloween, and soon, dinner on Christmas. That day, it was taco night for two residents of the floor. Paul's Place isn't just a home that provides resources. It's a home for those who choose to live there, hope for those who are trying, and joy for those who have exceeded through the program. I wanted to learn more about this safe haven, so I sat down with my tour guides, Favre and Carr, and we started talking. My name is Ricardo Carr. I have been a resident for exactly eight months. Typical day for me is my alarm goes off. <laughs> I wake up in the morning, I get a cup of coffee. I come downstairs actually to the day center. I, I do a check-in with Harmony and, and Becky, see how things are going. Um, if there's something there that, that I can assist with, I'll ask them. I usually I kind of bounce around, so I'll go, I'll be in here and then be out there, and, and then I talk to some of the people that come in, kind of get to know them, you know, get to know names, faces, get familiar with them. I'm, I'm usually working, but at the temp, at the moment, I'm kind of available. <laughs> what does Paul's Place mean to you? Well, I would say hope, joy, and love, because this place provided, and it gave me hope. To reiterate on what I mean by these things is that I had to go through the whole process, 
and actually from the transitional up into moving into my own apartment helped me learn discipline and learn skills on how to grow and become a better person and where to go to the next step and learn how to provide for myself and how to fend for myself and also get assistance in, in learning how to do these things because I didn't just jump in and know that I'm a firm believer in that this works because you know it, it has I mean just and I'm not saying that just from from motto but from experience place will will redeem you will bring you back <laughs> you will get refreshed mm-hmm. yeah. but, uh, thank you awesome my name is tracy Faber, and i am the executive director of davis community meals and housing i um do a little bit of everything kind of but my main responsibilities are just to make sure that our programs can run the way they're supposed to, that our staff have all the resources that they need, that our residents, our guests, our clients are being given all the opportunities that that our mission wants us to, to be able to provide them. You know, there's making sure that we have the funding to do that, taking care of the resources that we have to be able to do that. So I engage with the community as much as I can to let them know what we do, to make sure that we maintain the incredible generous support that the community's already shown us and possibly win over a little bit more because you can always use more support. You know, and really taking care of our staff because the work that they do is challenging. And of course, you know, all the folks that walk through our door that live here, that make this their home, making sure that they feel safe, that they feel cared for. I mean, basically trying to make sure everybody feels the way Ricardo feels. What's your favorite part about this place? I don't know what folks hear when I say the word connection, but connection is my favorite thing in the whole world. I didn't know Ricardo before I started working here, but Becky said, you know, a few weeks ago, she was like, talk to Ricardo, you need to hear his story. And when I sat down and listened to Ricardo tell his story, like ever since then, I have just felt this connection to Ricardo and he and I can just sit down and talk talk about what this place is, talk about his future, talk about whatever. And like, I feel like we have this connection now because I know that we value a lot of the same things. And Davis Community Meals is really special because we run on connection. Our energy, the fuel that makes all of this work is that kind of human connection. The fact that Ricardo and I probably wouldn't have had a whole lot in common. That doesn't matter. You know, what matters is we value a lot of the same things. And we met because of Davis Community Meals. It energizes me because it's like we connect, we appreciate each other. We really enjoy this work. We enjoy the potential that comes from just caring about other people and wanting to see them do well. It's not about us and them. It's like, we're all together in this. We're all trying to do this together. You know, it's not perfect. We still make mistakes, but we figured out how to make it run well. And thank you for that. Thank you, Rowan. As the holiday season comes creeping around the corner, Camille Reyes Rojas reports on how people give back to those who are less fortunate and ways to be proactive in the community. For many people, the holiday season entails exchanging gifts of all kind, whether it be to family, friends, or co-workers. While this may be important, it is also crucial to give back to the community any way you can. Davis Community Church is one of the groups that focuses on this philanthropy in downtown Davis. We work with nonprofit organizations to provide gifts for kids who otherwise might not have much of a Christmas. That was Julie Hurt. 
communications coordinator at Davis Community Church, talking about the church's gift project. Members of the church take a card with a child's name and interest and then are given a gift by said member when the time arrives. We are going to provide, I'm going to guess, about 100 gifts for kids in the community. Julie says that she has seen a positive impact on the community as a result of the gift project. It not only gives gifts to those who can't afford to give, but it also serves as a way of strengthening the bonds that people in the community have to each other. This is its 25th year, approximately. And we get thank you notes often from the people who receive the gifts. The organizations we work with tell us that it makes a huge difference. However, while it may be good that organizations like Davis Community Church are giving back, her also emphasizes that individuals should also give back as well. Supporting nonprofits like the Yolo Food Bank, Steak Food Project, Empower Yolo, Communicare, the Crisis Nursery, they depend on community support and donations. And without all of us giving a little something, that work just doesn't get done. Giving back to the community is especially important, not only in Davis, but in Yolo County as a whole. As, according to datausa.io, nearly 20% of the population lives below the poverty line. For many, charity isn't something that is only done to look good to others or to write off on taxes. It is an incredibly important help to people that can not only help them celebrate the holidays, it can also, in many cases, change lives. Happy holidays. And for the new cycle, this is Camille Reyes-Rojas. And that's a wrap for today's episode. The news cycles of production of the Blue Devil Hub in association with the Davis Enterprise. Daniel Ruiz Jimenez writes our theme music. The program is hosted by Rowan Rising and Noah Meyer. Today's episode was produced by Camille Reyes-Rojas. Our executive producer is Sean Campbell. We're trying to go our listener base. Don't hesitate to share the news cycle with your friends. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Visit us on the web at bluedevilhub.com and check out our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at Blue Devil Hub and on Facebook at The Blue Devil Hub. Don't miss our radio broadcast Monday at 5 and Tuesday at noon on 95.7 KDRT. Happy holidays, stay warm, and we will see you in the new year.